Good morning. Today's WGO podcast. We're going to uh, get into Capitalism in America by Adrian Woodridge, I believe, and Alan Greenspan. It's a book. You know, I do the Audible books. Um, I got the book a few, like a month or two ago, I believe. Um, Alan Greenspan was the chairman of the Federal Reserve for a long time. Uh, so a lot of the, a lot of the economic policies that we've lived in a lot of a big chunk of my life you know he was directly involved or influenced um, and people are critical of him at times but I do think that it's pretty indisputable it's been a, an era of tremendous growth and dynamicism and and uh, wealth it just may not have uh, you know there are larger economic forces at work I think that cause uh, capitalism to have this inequality issue that needs to be addressed but um, that doesn't mean go straight to socialism or straight to communism. I think it goes. I think it'll merge into something that hasn't been articulated yet. Hence the the main driver, motivation of doing this podcast and writing in writing out the books. Humanomics is the first. There's others coming because uh, you got to just keep you got to keep hammering and keep digging. And I think part of it's not just. Uh, articulation of a book it's more some of it's going to be you know you gotta um you got to go after some of the technology technological challenges some of the hurdles that would prevent some of the you know economic theory that's that's coming out from being a reality like you know do you need to redo the way you do certain raw materials or energy uh do you need to change some regulations to support some of the new realities, some of the new 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 economic reality. Do you need to change? You know, win over some hearts and minds so that people get used to doing things a certain way. Kind of like what we're doing right now with education. It's going through this process that we didn't really plan to do. It was just with COVID and have all the kids going home. Now all of a sudden everything's up in the air, and it seems like like the snap of a finger. Uh, very seriously the option of parents being able to send to a building or do remotely. And then that's going to pose a whole, a whole bunch of opportunities, which, you know, again, I, it, it's an interest point of mine. I call it relevant um, relevant education in my mind, but I want to do it with my kids. Uh, and carving out the time is what's creating all the, the mental anguish here lately, by the way. it's Resources are drying up. Therefore, I need to have an income streams. This podcast is not generating the income streams that I need right this moment. It does take a while to build this up, years, and, um, and diligence and constantly making better and better art and being really, really you know, hammering that. But I think that some of the need I need on a personal and family level for education and curiosity, like some of the science I discovered this week, like the YouTube, YouTube channel had this Mar- uh, Mars footage and somebody else spelled out how they got the equipment to mars which was fucking fascinating it was awesome and like i want to bake that in and then when i watched neil degrasse tyson again last night i'm jealous because he's just so clear and confident and i don't i haven't dug into any political stuff or you know i was a little suspicious of the stephen hawking when i stumbled on star talk a couple years ago something didn't quite add up there just you know in terms of a something was a little off with it so I haven't gotten into what criticisms may be, I guess. However, 
to, to have a grasp with science and be able to understand it at a level that your confidence comes from that, I want that. And I want that for everybody. Like, I think humans should be, should be at that level. And, I, and I'm of the mindset you don't need to go to a building to do that. And you don't need to go through a, a mediary, you know, a, a gauntlet of, of uh, gatekeepers to get there. I think that if, if the mantra is cut the bullshit and identify the Neil deGrasse Tysons and the, uh, you know, Dean, Dean Kane, I believe his name is, the, uh, the inventor, and uh, Ray, maybe Ray Kurzweil. I'm just throwing out a couple right off the top of my head, these, these rock stars of science and technology. You know, uh, who's the other one? The uh, Mathematica guy, Stephen Wolfram. You know, what can we get, what can we launch ourselves into remotely and independently you know, on, our, on our own so that we're aware of these guys and we, we create either through them or through a, uh, through a, uh, a translator, you know, a new set of teachers, people that can break it down where people understand it better. Like uh, Keicho Machu, uh, I have to see his name in front of me, but uh, the uh, Asian-American, uh, uh, maybe Japanese descent, I'm assuming with that name. Uh, uh, I don't think he's titled astrophysicist. I think he's a theoretical physicist, I believe is what he titled himself as. <coughs> but, you know, he had, he, he had this long, on Think Big, this long hour talk. And I haven't gone through it entirely, I just kind of glanced at it, but it looks like he's laying out pretty clearly physics. And I just think that if you hit the right nails with the right hammer, it'll, it'll, it'll stick, it'll hold. And um, we need to do that. So, got a little off track there. Uh, Getting back to the book, and uh, you know, again, if you can support the podcast, please do it. I got a Patreon page. Uh, you'll, you'll there'll be a link to pre-order Humanomics. Those are starting points. As much as you can do on Patreon is most appreciated because getting subscribers is is very very challenging because a lot of people are out doing that, and uh, you know, you just need to be able to. Need to be able to support it, otherwise the time is going to get very limited uh, to do this work, because I'll be trading a huge chunk of my time for a paycheck again, which is you know, I don't shame it, but I got I'm I'm really resisting doing it right now just blindly, that's for sure. So um, getting back to the book, the other day I talked about the Communist Manifesto and going through uh, starting this process of uh, mostly European. Um, philosophers of that similar time frame, you know, 1700, call it, to, to 2000, you know, 300 year chunk. It's a pretty wide net there, but that gets you the Engels, the Marx, the Hegel, the Nietzsche, the Freud that I'll start with, because my friend recommended these, and I realized, you know, I don't, I don't know any of these. I haven't read any of this stuff. I haven't slowed down to do it. And I myself set out years ago to go through the great works and have done very few of those as well. I've done some, but very few of those. And I think I need to listen to those as well. So there's going to be a great work section in my Audible that I'll rip through and try to lay out for you all. Because it's an important thing to be able to read it and then hit you back with high points. Um, at the end of the day, uh, this, this democracy <coughs> or capitalism in America 
with Alan Greenspan is, the, the, is really the polar opposite of the Communist Manifesto. And here, here's, the, here's the exciting thing. It's much more uplifting. It's calling for much less disturbance, far, far less potential for violence, because Alan Greenspan and Adrian, I don't remember as Woodridge, Woodridge, they're laying out kind of their view on the status quo. So it's much more modern, it's here now, it's fixable now, it's very exciting. And a lot of Americans, especially younger Americans, and you know I'm going to pick on fashionable leftinistas, because that's what they are, fashionable leftinistas. Never mind the right. Fuck you with that. Fashionable leftinistas. They don't know and do not respect American history. American economic history. They just focus on slavery. That's all they focus on. And Native Americans and getting killed by white people. They just boil everything down to some nasty, distorted reality truth. Nasty. And not, not at all good for humanity and not at all good for society right now. It's actually a distorted set of lies to try and overthrow the current power structure so that they can institute their goddamn vision of a minion class of uh, bootlickers. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I think about that, that side right now. Fuck the right. They, they suck. I'll fucking beat that shit up later. More. Trust me. I'm not a fan of that either. I'll buy your bootstraps. You know, even Peter Schiff the other day on Rogan last week, he, he more or less was like, let it all fail. And, uh, you know, it's just got to be that way. No. I, th I think that's terrible too. That really sucks. What You've heard me say, what's the point of coming out of the fucking trees if that's what we're just going to, that's all it's going to be is the strongest monkeys get all the fucking bananas. The rest of them don't get shit. They just lay there and get beat them and die. No, 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 no. Lame. Lame. So, uh, capitalism in America. It focuses, it's a great, it's a nice, swift history of our economy and the capitalism underneath of it all. And it's a great story. And the structure of our government, that people want to kind of attack and tear down the Constitution and stuff. No. We need to be, people must be more reverent of that because they do not know the cauldron from which it came. They don't understand that despite their flaws, the founding fathers, the, 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 the leadership, the people that forged the United States of America benefited from looking at basically human history and human civilization and extracting out things that were learned the hard way. One of the big ones is not letting any group become too powerful. And it actually is a concept worth fighting for. And I really hope that aggressive, fashionable leftinists don't push society, don't push the world to a point where they have to fight over that. That, that's, that would be your World War III scenario. And, it will, you know, and another thing, fashionable leftists need to quit fantasizing about violence because violence is not good. I, I told you, my kid and I are watching uh, some history movies. I want him to understand history. And we just randomly started with some World War II films that have been released recently. We started with Midway, and then I started Hacksaw Ridge. It came out a couple years ago. And 
<laughs> very quickly, those films are not glorifying violence, folks. In fact, Hacksaw Ridge really lays it out about where it really is. And it's, it's pretty fucking awful. And, and, and you know what? It, it's a damn shame when unread, whipped into a frenzy masses, push the status quo to a point where it's lock and load. It's, 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 it's bad, man. But that's what you get, because most folks are dumb. You're a fucking idiot. You, you think you know. I don't care what college you went to, what set of credentials you have, how, much, how many fucking cars you have, or what kind of shoes you have, dumb fuck. You're dumb. You're a dumb motherfucker. You know how I know that? Because I've been trying not to be a dumb motherfucker, and I'm a dumb motherfucker. You are a dumb motherfucker. But you're going to go out and throw shit or support people that do and attack the status quo. When you attack and burn shit down and fucking go after the police, you're attacking the status quo. I'm not telling you it doesn't need to change. I think we all agree that it does need to change significantly. The drug war, for example, complete, absolute bullshit mayhem and still going on. Still going on. Like, you know, again, you unread dumb fucks think, oh, it's legal here in New York. A pot or something. It's legal. Really? Have you actually gotten into that scene at all? Do you know anything about it? Let me, let me save you some work here. You got to go through a process to get your card. And then when you get your card, you got to go through another arduous process of going through some government-run little fucking shit-ass place. I think there's one or two around here. Okay, a little shitty place. That in Chicago, I've heard word on the street is you can't even get product because it's sold out all the time because there's a handful of these government-run pieces of shit. You pay outrageous fucking prices for a fraction of the product. And the black market is still very much thriving, which is the point I'm trying to make. So you really haven't done anything except inconvenience the living shit out of everybody. Still go after and, and have a drug war to... <laughs> Do to run buckshot on any kind of really opposition, which is what that really is to me. It's just another power thing. It's gross, and it probably and it is racial. Sometimes it's not exclusively racial, but it you know, lots of folks have been locked up over the years for that. And meanwhile, the drug posses, which you know, one point maybe we're Colombian, maybe we're Jamaican, maybe now Mexican. It's becoming China again. You know, they, they, just the nature of the, the economic forces and the size and influence and pull, inevitably they become, they become the ones where the work, work, work is done or controlled or owned. But you got a Russian mob. You got all this unsavory shit because people are fucking stupid. And they can't get their head out of their ass enough to just change the law. You're not going to change drug behavior, for example, by changing the law. You're just going to defang the fucking nasty groups that benefit off this. But my point is, you fucking people fantasize about all this violence, and you're fucking stupid. For one, you're fighting for something that's stupid. And it's not going to end up the way you think it's going to end up. It's going to end up mired in bureaucracy. The same rich motherfuckers are going to be there at the top because they don't really care. Because they don't have to live around your fucking dusty-looking ass. They don't have to listen to your shit. 
They, they don't. They're walled off. They live in neighborhoods you can't afford. They have technology to transport where they don't have to sit next to you in traffic. And they got resources to tap resources to fucking deal with your fucking shit if you try to even think about threatening them. How much do you really think it would cost to pay some fucking moron to fucking attack you or fuck you up or kill you or whatever on a global scale? I'm talking about global. Nickels, man. Relatively speaking. Nothing. Free. So, so watch your fucking confidence in your position, you dumb fuck, because you don't read. And you don't know. And you're being used as a pawn to attack the status quo. Then you don't really understand. Let's get back to the book. Because the book is, you know, illuminates the status quo. And if you can't listen to that and, and have a little bit of reverence for where, where in particular the United States has come in three or four hundred years, well then, you know, there's probably no saving you. You're probably just going to be ignorant forever. Because you can't decouple your rage against the machine from any kind of perspective where it would actually make more sense. And get, get to a point where I'm trying to get everybody, which is, all right, hey, COVID's a blessing in a way. It allows humans to step back for a second, take a couple breaths, and think, hmm, all right, well, we had a, we've had a pretty good fucking run here. You know, it, it had problems. We had a civil war that had caused more blood and carnage and death than every other war ever, ever really participated by Americans combined. Take your Vietnam, your World War I, your World War II, your Korean War, fucking War of 1812, your Revolutionary War. You pile up all those dead bodies on North, South, white, black, Mexican, Asian. Pile all that fucking shit up. Guess what? Not even close to the Civil War. Civil War was fucking terrible shit, man. But despite that, despite that horrible thing, we have so much to be thankful for. And so much that should be a little more respected in terms of the human story. And we absolutely have to hold dear to the, the DNA of that, which was freedom and respect of the rule of law and contracts. Not rule of law like you're thinking, some cop driving around a fucking car enforcing a stupid fucking drug law. No, 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 I'm talking about where you can't come and just fucking squat and steal my shit. Because there's a, there's a way to, to deal with that sort of thing. And why was that developed? Because the founding fathers, and I know that triggers people, that fucking founding fathers, that really triggers you, doesn't it? Because you're a dumb motherfucker. But the people that forged the United States of America that we have lived in were learned, man. They, had, they, they knew what happened in the Greeks and the Roman times and Europe and the fighting in the feudal society and the serfs and the guilds and the church. The church. They knew all that shit and they baked in our rules some, some breakwaters, some safeguards, protections from that tyranny that had haunted humanity forever. 
And in so doing, and, and, and another thing, we were a nation, this, this illuminates this fact and it made me feel really bad about myself to be honest with you. We went from being a nation that was described as a nation of tinkerers, a nation of workshop people. We, we used to have people that would go around and pass an amazing piece of technology like a car or a truck or a fucking computer or a, uh, a drug or a construction technique or you name it and stop and be like, how the fuck does that thing work? Oh, ooh, cool, I can take that over here. I, you know, let's say I'm a baker and I see these amazing machines, I'd be like, ooh, I wonder if I can make a better oven. Or, ooh, I know what I can do with that. I can have an automatic mixer or this or that and, and make better bread faster, cheaper, better, faster, cheaper. We did that, a whole fucking country was like that, man. We didn't have roads. Took days on fucking horses to get trans to get communication done. The fucking wars would be over, and people would still be fighting because they didn't they hadn't gotten word yet that the goddamn war was over. That was common. You dumb motherfucker, you didn't know that, did you? Like three of you'll stand up. Yeah, I knew that. Don't call me dumb. Don't fuck yourself, dickhead. Go back to your Comedy Central, you know, fountain of youth. You dumb motherfucker. Why are you so angry, Jerry? Why do you sound like you're so enraged sometimes? Because fashionable left and east is in dumb fucks. No matter how fancy the trappings are, are pushing humanity to the point of savage fucking brutality. And they're and they're wrong. They they can't they can't step out of it. The propaganda, the psychops, they can't question the information that they spit back out as being anything that might have an agenda that's got a sheen of do-gooderism on top of it. Or, I care about the environment. Or, lives matter. Pick your color or race in the front of that, by the way, motherfuckers. Because you guys are stupid with that shit right now, too. I'm not talking exclusively about BLM. Don't try to paint me as a racist, you dumb motherfucker. What do you know? How much fucking history have you read? Fuckface. Everything for everything for you is about this or that. Think you know? You flip around your stupid fucking phone. Think you got any respect for where that fucking thing came from? I know you don't. <coughs> what happens. We're a fucking bunch of monkeys. All of us. You take the hard work, you take the shit that people did before you, and you go try to club somebody over the head with it. Like, oh, thanks. Thanks for the phone. Good morning. Thanks for the phone. Let me, let me, let me, let me club you over the head with it now. I'll steal that now. Such, such thick piles of bullshit, folks. And the point of this podcast is to try to get you to get on board with trying to think about what we want. And I've told you before, and I'm going to tell you again, I'm pitching the American middle class lifestyle and all of its underlying assumptions like 
freedom of speech and freedom of internet and freedom to learn and freedom to earn, you know, opportunity, the dynamism that means even myself who currently does not have a job. I don't have a job right now. I'm trying to make this a job and it's probably not going to work. It's probably not going to work fast enough to provide for my family. So I'll probably end up going and getting another job. But you know what? I can have one by 10 o'clock this morning because I live in the United States of America. Might, might be flipping burgers or mowing grass or driving a truck. You know, it might not be a cushy office gig that pays 100 grand a year. But you know what? I, I don't think I even like that shit anyway. Every time you go to a fucking bathroom, fucking stinks like fucking there. You, know, you, feel like, you feel like you're so stressed out and worried about what other people are thinking all damn day. You can't even fucking concentrate. You go in there every morning full of creativity. Like, I'm going to kick some ass today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really make a difference. I'm going to punch through this stuff I can't figure out or the clutter and get this thing to resonate you know, at a good, good frequency. And you end up sitting in your fucking chair in there and then the bullshit starts and the meeting and this and that. And it's just horse shit. Well, my point is, you fuckers are so mired in dumb shit that you can't see how awesome it is now, even though it's it's fucking on life support right now. <laughs> it's still goddamn good, man. It's a fucking great thing. And, and, you know, and, and to be able to make pivots, like you did this for a little while, you can pivot over here and do that for a little while. I just want to make the numbers work. And I need you to get your head out of your ass so that we can all start joining forces on this a little bit. Not to topple, not to kill, not to violently overthrow, to use our goddamn brains. Get back to being a nation of figure it outers. Fucking get her dones. Fucking do it myself. You don't have to physically do everything yourself, of course, but you can certainly have that mindset. I can figure this out. How does that work? And let's let that be our bedrock in education. Figure shit out. You know the science, you know the technology, and you have respect and a little bit of reverence and respect for the goddamn history, the flawed history of humans. What, do you think we were going to swing out of the trees and be perfect day one? What, you don't believe we came out of a fucking tree? You can debate me on that. I, I take a debate from that from a religious nut job. Some motherfucker that thinks we're like 5,000 years old is it. There, those types exist. For the same reason leftists exist, by the way. They may be a scragglier looking or a different color, but at the end of the day, they're lazy. They think they know, and they're too lazy to go to go figure it out, and they're too arrogant. Their ego's too big to, to be able to look in the mirror every day or, or reflect on themselves during a tough time and be like, you know what, I don't know shit. I might be X years old. I might have gone to blah, blah, blah school. We're not going to blah, blah, blah school. I may have had this job or that job. I may have had somebody tell me I'm smart my whole life. My parents may have told me I'm here, smart little boy. But you don't know shit. And you need to fucking keep that shit in your back pocket. To stay humble and stay hungry. Quit being a fuckface. A fuckface bully. <coughs> yeah, I'm gross. I cleared my throat. Fuck you. Like the, don't like the wind noise, the birds chirping? I walk and talk. It works better. I get there. Same with my music. Any kind of music I'm making? You want to pick it apart? Say, all right, you missed You got a straight chord there. You got a loose string there. You bent that out of tune a little bit. Yeah, fuck you. Try to get there. 
trying to make a different kind of art than you. This I'm trying to make economic art for us all. Because I'm going to tell you folks, my mental struggles this week, and they have been significant. I've had really bad depression this week in some days. And I wouldn't normally classify myself as depressed, even if it's been there all along, by the way. Even, even if the whole time, if I was able to be objectively analyzed by a doctor, which frankly I don't exi believe exists, but even if I could be objectively analyzed and they're like, yeah, you've been basically uh, depressed for, for 40 years, sir. I can tell you that it, ba it balances and it works for me enough to be able to see the difference between when, this week when I was really depressed to the point where I couldn't even look at the house and find the strength to start cleaning more or feel guilty about everything with my kids because I had these plans and stuff and then I all of a sudden doubt them all, pull them all back and I, and I get scared, I get in my little shell, I get scared. Like, are my kids gonna ever walk? Are the twins ever gonna be able to read and write? <laughs> Am I doing my kid? My, my old boy is such a good kid and so so easy to work with and so reasonable of a human, such a nice kid. Am I doing him a disservice because the relentless competition is going to eat his fucking lunch if I don't drive him into the ground? But you know what? Got a little little candle, a little fire that stay, does stay lit, a little pilot light. And when I get the rest, and now I get this walk, and I start going back to, no, you're right about this. You need to make this your life work. You need to do this art. You need to wake up, get a shower. It's part of the routine in the morning. Get a coffee going, get some water, get some hydration, and then fucking walk and talk, man. Get with it. Do it. Do it every day. You don't, you don't have to publish everything. You don't have to send everything. The, but the motion, the constantly trying to do it better, push the art. Push what you're trying to do with the art and own the fuck-ups. Engage the debaters. Well, I, I have really uh, a faith that it'll do a real service. And I can actually do service to humanity instead of just chasing around dollars so that I can be materially comfortable. Which is what I do by momentum and habit. And, it, and society has basically told me to do that. You, know, you don't get a lot of options. It's not easy to try to support yourself as an artist. Art doesn't always mean fucking finger painting. Art doesn't always mean classical music. Art doesn't always mean art class, fuckface. Art means humans using the out-of-the-trees gift. Hold on, dump truck. Rock and roll, man, rock and roll. See? You guys don't like the noise? I think dump trucks are fucking killer. Auto car. Man, would that make? Cool. Be thankful, motherfuckers. Be thankful the, the dump truck's there. And start having that that old school, real America, where the real world you live in came from, respect for what that is. There's steel. Somebody figured out that fucking steel. Americans figured out how to make that steel better, faster, cheaper. We still do. Most of you motherfuckers never heard of something like Nucor. 
or they scrap all that shit and make new steel. You don't know that shit because you're too dumb. I talked about the three of you to know it. I know there's a couple of you in the feed or a couple of you in the in the, in the group here that, that know Nucor, but most of you don't. Nucor is just the, the latest thing. If we keep government and you fucking, these Team D rats, fuck you Team R2. I gotta keep saying it because I don't, you guys force everything. You guys do this. Every time you criticize and make a real statement about one side, you assume everyone's on the other side. Because you, you guys can't see without the outside of the duality or the, the polarization prism that has been imposed on us. Well, fuck you guys. So if you had respect for the, for the steel that made that truck that just passed us, you would have a little respect for humans went from iron smelting and iron works like iron railroads to then using oxygen and things like that and figuring out how to get oxygen in a state where it could be actually used. You know, there's a whole thing of the chemistry of that and air gases and stuff and piping and pressure so they can make steel, which is better, faster, cheaper and last a shit ton longer. So cheap and so easy that the, that, that 150, 200 years ago, we crisscrossed the goddamn continent with railroads. There's more railroads that have been that have come and gone than you could possibly imagine because you're too dumb. And it's not just dumb. You're too arrogant and dumb. You're too full of yourself. And it's a problem. That's the real fascism. The real fascist is you, motherfucker. That's what it looks like. Because you'll benefit from that trough a little bit. You'll benefit just enough from that trough that's been being extended and being sold that you'll keep your fucking mouth shut and you'll do your little part for your little fucking bit of a cookie you dumb motherfucker that's why I got some problems with you and I don't want to kill you I don't want to hit you I do want to call you out on it motherfucker call you out on it you're bullshit that's what I'm going to call you out on it come a danger to freedom you're going to make a danger to the real things that built the real wealth of, Amer of human life. It created the bountiful food when you go to your little fucking grocery store, even a little shitty-ass grocery store in the fucking shittiest of areas. You go in there, there's fucking food in there. You ever wonder how the wheat got into the fucking cracker, dickhead? It was some of that steel that just rolled by me in a fucking form of a dump truck, dick fuck. You disrespectful piece of shit. Yeah, you. I got a problem with you. I got a problem with you because you've created a situation to where it's becoming more difficult to be free, to call it out. Eventually, if, if, if I ever get any kind of an audience on this, any kind of a group in motion, eventually, rest assured, they'll be a dickhead Probably some, some paid dickhead, I might add. You know, you guys are fixated on Trump and Russia. Well, there's no shortage of people that write a check to pay you to shit on me, to, to take an hour clip, two-hour clip, and, di and, and dig out 60 seconds of something you don't like and put the laser beam on that, put the magnifying glass on that, blow it out of proportion, pontificate around the edges of that with your shit. I did this yesterday. My friend said, 
Love this dude, my friend Adam. He said, hey man, you listen to my music yet? Yeah, yeah, it's great, man. Hey, I need you to, I want you to look at what Trump said yesterday about Ghislaine Maxwell, the, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, uh, co-conspirator slash nudist slash, you know, pussy flasher. Yeah, I think she used to drop trial with, with little Jeffrey when the when the young babes would, would come in the room to give him a, a massage. She'd be right there fucking butt naked, her muff hanging out too. Anyway, he wanted me to see that Trump goes, uh, frankly, I, uh, I wish her the best. Like, I, I hope the best for my friend Maxwell. Okay, so I'm watching the clip. I, I, I Googled it twi two different times. The Hill, I think, was the first hit in Google, and CNN. And I watch it, but I, it's hard to see what he said and concentrate on what Adam's trying to tell me because the, the pontification, the pontificators, who need to make sure I see it the way they need me to see it, around the edges. It's like it went, tuff, tuff, CNN breaking news, and then like literally three seconds of Trump, and then back to you must hate you know I got me grab a Molotov cocktail. So I got a problem with you fuckers, man. That's what you do. And any of the out of the edge thinkers know this. They're all concerned about the same thing. Call it a shutdown culture or what? It, what it the. Uh, Cancel culture, signaling people, sorry, technical difficulty there, when I get in the truck it grabs my Bluetooth, which I think explains the massive disruption on one of the things the other day, and, and that's okay, I'm, I, I, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, technical you know, I gotta iron out the technical difficulties, but please don't use that as an excuse to not concentrate on what we're trying to talk about here. And this is not about me. This is not about Jerry. <laughs> this is about us. Like I'm hoping that you'll come here and you get a little taste, and you, it'll be like every day it'll kind of be this thing that I'm trying to do. It's like, like shake yourself out of the momentum of what we've always done, and allow yourself the freedom to think about what could be, and do a little of that every day. Because we'll get there. We already know how to do all the stuff. That's the exciting thing. That's why I'm so confident that this work needs to be done and needs to be done now. Because I think we've already figured it out way more than we may give ourselves credit for. And it remains to be seen about how we're going to capitalize on it. And, and what are we going to do with it? And do we want to have it be you know a lot better? You know, that's what remains to be seen. And that's what I don't want any one group running buckshot over. I don't want the bootstrap Team R people to dig in more on that front because I, I just don't think that works. And I'm sick of that myself. That's what's caused me health problems over the years is that bullshit. <laughs> Even though I do semi-defend most of that because you have to. That's what made the country. It's what made all the good things were done by a guy who was either agitated or creative or curious or motivated by money to go invent something that didn't exist before. 
Highly illuminated. That, that aspect, highly illuminated. That book I'm reading right now, Capitalism in America. It's an economic history of the country. It's something you need to read. Don't have to agree with it. You need to know that's our roots. That's our DNA. People figuring shit out, out of thin air. The very thing I'm trying to do right now. It's the monetization that gets me furious because I know it's damn, it, it feels damn near impossible to monetize this stuff. So, but I gotta that. So for me, I gotta dig harder and I gotta dig fast because I'm running out of money. And I and I am. I'm angry about having to trade all my time for a couple bucks. Especially because I want to homeschool too. You know, I got a, I got a lot of irons in the fire right now. It's not easy. You do too. You got more irons in the fire than you see. And you should be very careful about throwing the power around. Like, look, Donald Trump. Dude, we could go on and on and on about that. I don't, I don't even want to get into it. I, I really don't. I've read a couple books. I've read enough to know that, that I ain't a fan. But at the same time, he actually might be better than what you guys are trying to do right now. Only because he does have an, a tiny speck of respect for getting shit done. The way it's always been done in this country. And it might be better to have that dumb motherfucker run things for a little bit longer... Until we get a real fucking candidate. Because we all seem to be way too lazy and way too bootstrapped to the momentum of what we've done to elect an independent. To elect somebody that comes out of nowhere right now. You're too stupid to do it. And I haven't seen anybody emerge yet. You know, I've heard on uh, Rogan's podcast that someone said, how about a, uh, what what if Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson comes out and runs with Jocko Willink. I, I, you know, something like that. I, knowing nothing about their politics. I know Jocko a little bit. And I, I, believe me, he doesn't have to form policy. Because his one message is all he's got to keep doing. He knows that discipline equals freedom. And that you got to fucking get up and do the fucking work. And when shit's tough, he says good. You know, things like that. You know, this core strength and resolve. And putting the work in, doing the work. He knows that. And that's good for that's good for us to always have that guy on the bench. Now for him, that actually on policy level might may, he might be an extreme form of bootstrap. That's why I don't necessarily want him doing all policy. But you want that you want that cheerleader on the fucking team, man. And let me tell you something, cheerleaders matter. I hate to call you, Jocko. Please don't 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 shoot me with a bow and arrow over calling, saying you might be a cheerleader or a good cheerleader. I, I, I mean no effects, uh, no offense, sir. No offense, sir. And I love you. Love what you do, sir. Because he earned it. He earns it with what he's doing right now. But years ago, I played football as a youngster to the cheerleading. Let me get back to the cheerleading statement. And I was not a good football player. I was on the team, but I was not a good football player. I'm not, a, I'm not an aggressive, violent guy. I, I did know that when you dig in and you're determined and you're focused and in the moment, you're you're basically at a pro level. You're unstoppable, if you will. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or high school or college. You have that mentality, you can dominate. But I didn't... I wasn't able to keep that switch and that fire on because of whatever psychological or 
just not framed, not formed, or whatever. Um, you know, I, I was and I wasn't advised to keep that burning, and that's um, an important lesson to try to remember to teach my kid. By the way, is to be be able to be aware of when they're on. And I noticed that the first year I played, I played on a, the yearling was league, and then we I played on the Falcons, and I was arguably the worst worst player on the team. Terrible, like literally staring at the stars and fucking loafing around loafer. They call them pansies, pansy. But towards the end of the season, as, as the air started to chill, and it was a dark, dark, the darkness had set in on the field, and we were on the, uh, I think they call it the pinto field. There was the main stadium that had concrete bleachers, and then there was this other field on the side, Mustang field or pinto field, I don't remember. Everything had a horse colt. The colts were the main team. And, um... I can remember that. This would have been about 1981, 1982. I was about 10 or 11 years old. Fifth grade, I think. Memory serves me correct. And uh, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, in the middle of the game, I was playing nose nose guard, nose right on the middle middle of the defensive line, and um, the lights came on, and I had decided from some mysterious force that I was as soon as that ball moves, I'm gone. I'm going to bust through and fucking attack. And guess what? Uh, Turns out that's highly effective. That simple act of turning the lights on, of awareness, of having your head in the game, of going for it, of throwing everything at it. Just, 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 as soon as the ball moves, you bust, bust through. Find the football, make a tackle. When you do that, you're unstoppable. And they had to change linemen. I think the team, I think we were playing a team called the Bears, if memory serves me right. And they had to change like three different fucking linemen to try to get somebody that could stop me. But then, you know, by then, because of the mysterious human mind, I was already starting to turn the lights off or the fire was needed to build a piece of wood and I was unable to give it another piece of wood. So I went back to normal. You know, lame, pussy. But I had that fire come on a couple times. I remember when I first moved to Maryland. I was in high school football at this point, and I had this. I was nervous. I didn't know anybody, and I got kind of got thrust into it. I mean, we weren't even there for a day or two, and my dad was like, "If you're gonna play, you gotta do it right now." And thank God he did that, because that didn't make a difference. Because if we would have not paid attention or not known about sports. I would have probably gotten decoupled from it, and that would have been the end of it. But I remember going, and, you know, in Georgia, we had pulled our socks up. And I would get on the field for the first time. They'd already started summer practice. I was a little late to the team. And I would walk out there, and the momentum of that institution back then, you know, high school football and stuff, you know, it was a thing. So, you know, you leave one state in the country and go to another state, and you're, you're instantly in you know, another another familiar pond. But I remember I walked out on that field, out of our locker room, down that hill, and I was suited up, man. I had all my gear on and my fucking socks pulled up, because that's what we did on championship football teams when I was a youngster in Georgia, in Atlanta. Notice that pride coming out? Because we were coached by fucking jockos, cool dudes, man. Fucking, actually, not jockos so much. They weren't hard asses. They were... Fucking just smart. They were like Yoda types, Skywalker types. I was lucky. 
Lucky, lucky, lucky. Coach Johnson, Coach Sanders, we're fucking champs, man. We said we we're gonna do. We said that it was our goal, and we did, and we did the work. And I was a cheerleader. That's what the, that's what the cheerleader told me. I was mainly a cheerleader. I yell on the sidelines, yo, Robbie, Robbie, get that, get it, Robbie. You know, when they were gonna hand up, do a handoff to our, our uh, fullback, Robbie, Robbie Stargell was his name. We fucking hand the ball to Robbie. Robbie fucking get those three, four yards every time. I get pumped. I know when it was touchdown time, we give the fucking ball to Daryl, our tailback. Daryl fucking Presnell. He was one of 12 kids. Motherfucker was unstoppable, man. And he wasn't a brutal freak of nature strength. He just had this fucking gift. He could, he was going to get through, man. He was going to get through, and he ran hard. He'd break the tackle. He's going to the end zone, man. And he scored. He scored almost every fucking time that boy touched the football back then. It was exhilarating. That quarterback, Darren Webb, fucking amazing. Good kid. One of my first friends on the football was Darren. Couldn't keep up with him, though. He, he was His home was different than mine, just different dynamics. And over time, you know, because of whatever shit I was going through, I think I tend to kind of glom on some other people a little bit. I was doing that. You know, but part of it was just the dynamics of what my household was like. And... You know, you become this annoying kid that goes around and eating everybody's food and just kind of wanting to sleep at their house all the time, just be annoying, you know. And, you know, I was always that kind of that, that go out and do life shit. But, um, cheerleader is why I brought that story up. Cheerleader. And, and in the Maryland part, I want to finish that real quick. Uh, so I had the socks pulled up. This dude, who was one of the captains, named Danny, goes, called me out on it. He's like, "Wait, man, why you got your uh, your socks up?" You know. <laughs> but you know, I may have pushed them down to fit in. I don't remember. But I do remember the anxiety and stress of that situation of being in this new world. It caused me that when when the fucking whistle blow, I had this visualization of people I played with in Georgia that were like a, there was a lineman. I think his name was Jeff. Man, I'll never forget. I mean, I never remember his name. He wasn't our star tailbacker, star fullback. He was a lineman like myself. But he had this stance. He'd get up on his fingertips, and he had just this, like, like a cat going to jump. And I, and I kind of channeled that dude in Maryland. And my coach, Coach Wisdom, he had me at one point on offense, defense, and special teams. Literally played all the time. And, of course, I I didn't keep the fire burning. I had, you know, started making friends and just started goofing around more. And, you know, it wasn't as ferocious. And I wasn't ferocious like a killer. I was just, there's something to be said about having your head in your game and, and channeling or doing the work ahead of time. And in this case, I had kind of done both so that you, when the ball snaps, you go. And you do, you just, you just know what to do. And, you know, it works. I don't know why I couldn't take leadership at that point and just run with it. I, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I can reflect and try to figure it out, but I, you know, I would like to correct it all now on a different scale. I want to do this work that I'm doing now, this economic artwork, to create a, an out for humanity. 
that gets us to the next point. And the next point would, would be what I've described as the maximum bandwidth for humanity so that we can then just kind of indefinitely stay ahead of disasters, stay ahead of things. It's, it's really fascinating and interesting to think about. And there's another part of all this that I, that I have to consider right now. Like, I'm getting old, but I'm not out. I'm not done. And I don't want to be done. And God, God willing, for lack of a better word, nature willing, I'll get another 30 or 40 years out of this. That would put me, uh, you know, 80-something, 90, 90 years old. And I've already feel some vulnerabilities. We all do. We, you know, the aging process and nature is a thing, right? But when I was watching those uh, Mars videos yesterday and JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory videos, I thought to myself, man, you know what? I've been over here doing all this. What God knows what. Meanwhile, people have been doing that. And a lot of those folks probably did go get the credentials in school that, I'm, that I rail about having to do now. And I can visualize some that will periscope and say, you just got to sit down and do this work or do the work. And, and uh, yeah, of course. But that doesn't have to equate to the gauntlet. Like, I, I don't like it. you have to choose this one thing. I think if you do it right, if the teaching's right, if the, if the education uh, is done in such a way that's more fluid and less rigid and less about jobs and money and becomes this bureaucracy thing, if it's more about being dynamic by design and trying to understand and get humanity on the event horizon of all these different fields is, is like its thing, then you can make up for some lost ground. You can learn how to get into robotics or, or, or space industries, rocketry. You can reverse engineer. You can have that spirit of reverse engineering. That's what China's accused of doing. For whatever reason, they have the, they. Everybody has their Silicon Valleys, if you will. Their Austin, Texases. Their New York Cities. Their Chicago's. They're now Atlantas. Every place has those. But the way the world is now is like whoever periscopes up with the new app or the new thing or the new technology or the new process or the new chemical or the new whatever material, the new science, the new technology, then the others just grab it and go, oh, I tell you, okay, I see how you did it. I want that for all of us. Like as much of that as we could possibly do and have that be the spirit of how you live your life. You may not, you're not going to build every fucking thing. Let's not be stupid. Let's not be ridiculous. But you can certainly have an appreciation for how it was all done. If you couple that with the history of how that came to be, now we're getting somewhere, folks. Now we're getting to a place where we're not collectively fucking retarded savages. I don't really like your use of the word retard. Could you, could you not use it? Shut up, you retard. Shut up. Well, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to cancel you for that. I'm gonna, ha I'm gonna have to call my uncle Timmy, who's a lawyer, and we're gonna sue you for saying the word retard. And I'm gonna make sure you don't get to contaminate anybody else's mind with this bullshit, Jerry. You're poisoning the minds 
of the people with your poisonous toxic venom, Jerry. And I'm not I'm not gonna stand for it. I all lives it, I, I I I need a sign in my yard. And I'm gonna cancel you. I'm gonna come I'm gonna come after you. I'm gonna make sure you get a scar where you can never get hired. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut your balls off, Jerry. Motherfuckers. Retarded. Again, in addition to trying to understand and respect the story, Capitalism in America, that Alan Greenspan wrote, and understand economics from his angle, knowing that he was steeped in Ayn Rand, he was part of, he used to hang out with her. Hell, he may have even been banging her for all I know. I don't know. But, like, trying to see the world from that and appreciate that lens, and then also appreciate what I said the other day, the Karl Marx and get to the, the Heigels and the Nietzsche and the Freuds. I, I think they all have nourishment. They all have value. And I know I've shit on religion several times, but I, I eventually probably will get around to trying to get to the Bible as well. Because, it, it, dude, it wouldn't be floating around if it wasn't, there wasn't some good stuff in there, some wisdom in there, some, some, some illumination of things. But I also am trying to channel a little bit of uh, George Carlin. So I do want you to laugh. It's funny. If it's funny, laugh. It, it's actually an effective way to lubricate things and talk about shit. You kind of you you declare out out loud that, that, that some of this is going to be funny. I don't want to. I don't. But I don't want to be pigeonholed into being a, you know again Team D, Team R, White, Black. Western, non-Western, capitalist, not capitalist, capitalist, communist, capitalist, socialist. I don't want to be labeled as a comedian. I, I can do, I can be an economic artist that's funny, that has respect, that has comedic, that's 17%. When the DNA chart comes back, he's 17% comedian. Fuck, I never knew that. It's like somebody finding out they're like or eight percent Jewish. They didn't know they were Jewish or something, or four percent black. You're like, oh shit, I didn't know that. Huh. Interesting. I I, I want to be like twenty percent comedian, like fifty percent right now. How I think fifty percent Alan Greenspanny. I think. I think those guys are, are, are they, they, you know, I, I think that that they're definitely not wrong. They might not be always right, but they're definitely not wrong. Now it'll be 20% Engels Ingle, and Marx. Because I think that they were stepping back enough to see the consequences of just letting it all be unfettered capitalism. And it just can't help it, but it, it does create a global society, a global world, a global market. And it puts downward pressure on things at a human scale. And then the other 20 or 31% I want to be Neil deGrasse Tyson. And uh, Elon Musk, if you will. Elon's kind of like gets the... I think his name's Rodney Brooks and uh, whoever the guy from Segway was. Keenan Dane, Dane Keeman, I think is his name. I, mean, I can't get around everybody, right? There's all, but there's all these constellations. You can, 
bake into your DNA and bake into your mindset, bake into your ethos. And you know, these are like that like that that lineman I told you about in football. You got this guy, and you're going into whatever battle you're going in, and you're like, I'm going to do this like Elon Musk would. And even if Elon, even if Elon, if you strip away the the icon of Elon, and you get to like the human reality, and it's not if it's even if it's unsavory, it doesn't matter. You can steal the icon as the thing you use. Like Martin Luther King, you could say people could probably pick apart all kinds of things and and and, and stuff. But I I kind of like the idea of I like the fact that he's like I have a dream that everybody gets along and the race doesn't matter. And I and I have that already in my heart. That's me. But you know, racial harmony does not equate to me wanting to sit around and hold hands with all y'all motherfuckers. Because I don't want to hold hands with anybody. Except my kids. And I don't even really want to do that. Ask my wife. I hate that shit. I want to love. My heart is filled with love. And empathy. Compassion. And I do care. But I like being in the Jerry bubble. And time is such a valuable thing. I get so mad when I waste any of it. Because I don't really have the time to sit around and pretend like I give a shit about holding hands with you guys to look like what you show we're all solidarity we all love lives <laughs> no 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 man no 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 I've always been a kind of one on one or two on one or kind of kind of like a die guy anyway it's too much of that shit you can't get in you can't talk about anything you got too many people chiming in and interrupt your train of thought and talking about shit you can give two fucks about that's why I kind of tell you I got a little of that Carlin in me man when he talks about like I like everybody for about a minute, minute and a half. Uh, that was, the, guy, the guy was so fucking genius with some of that stuff. I loved it. It's like he, he calling him a, a, com, a comedian does him a disservice. It was a social commentator, a, a complete Einstein level genius. Which conjures up a few other virtual mentors for us all. You know, Albert Einstein was clearly the rock star. He was the Elon Musk. But I think it's a little little ridiculous and disingenuous to go be like Einstein and then all the rest. No, 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 no. There were all there were a lot of good ones. A lot of great ones. In fact, a lot of great controversial ones. Like uh, what was his name? Werner von Braun, who came over from Nazi Germany, he was a fucking Nazi and started NASA more or less with Goddard and others. Or you know, were the first kind of pioneers in NASA. You're going to tell me he's a dipshit? You're going to tell me he's not worth having him as a mentor in your head? You can throw away the Nazi and keep the fucking rockets, keep the science, keep the technology. And you don't have to say, I'm going to get all this stuff so I can make Team R or Team D or Team China more invincible. No, 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 no. Don't be a fuckface. You can help me perpetuate this idea that we all want to be a Von Braun, that we all want to know the math of an Einstein. And that's where I've, I've failed as a human. I really have failed. It's like, I'm going to walk back into my world in a minute, and the very same problem I got with an office is about to happen to me now at a, at a, at a, at a, at a family level. I walk in, and my little twins with cerebral palsy that don't walk, and I do say that only because it does add some challenge. They're, they're very, very, very clingy and needy. 
and they require lots of bandwidth and lots of muscle power. They're going to lift things up and move things around and do a lot of stuff for them. They can't even do the TV themselves. They, they, they are getting to where they can hit the button and say, Alexa this, Alexa that, uh, on the little Roku thingies, but they can't, like, navigating a Roku is too hard for them still. And I'm only sharing that because it's a real problem. Like, I want to I want to go through Einstein paper, too. I want to find whoever did a YouTube video that can help me understand mathematics from an Einstein level and what he was talking about. Like, I really understand it. And then there's also uh, Richard Feynman and others. And spend a day doing physics with Einstein and Feynman and any other physicist, like, you know, Fermi. You know, take all the great physicists, list them out, and then dig for a day or two and... Um, figure out what the fuck they were talking about and if that video doesn't exist I want to I want to be in the business of making that video and in the course of making that video I need to learn a few new skills like I need to learn how to make it look pretty put it together and some music and some this and some that and make it fun and then put it in, in an area where I could perhaps start earning a living doing that like uh, you know I, I hate to say youtuber because I tell my kids well, get rid of that you're not going to be a youtuber but you know, maybe that's where you start, you know, you, uh, you put it on YouTube, you build an audience, and then from there you, you know, maybe can have access to archives uh, or, you know, a subscription piece where people are paying a fee to uh, have access to this really good, compelling, good content. Of course, in today's world, the minute you do it, you do a great job, somebody's going to steal it, probably, and just do it again with their dumb little, I'm, I'm cooler, or they'll dump money into it, and it'll look flashier and better, but that's okay, because I think if you do the video, and if I do it with my kids, and we do it together, um, that's about as good of an education as they could hope for, right? And I want to spend my hours from like 10 to, 10 to 3 every day, or 10 to... You know, 10 to noon or, or 11 to whatever. Actually, it'll have to be later than that because my wife's got this fucking physical therapy thing that's like sitting right in the middle of the day now. Ugh. It's always something. It's like every, every time I turn around, society's distracting me from what needs to be done. I, I, that's the thing. I don't have the resources to just declare that as going to be our fucking family reality. So I'm, I'm forced to engage with the economics of the current economics too. Trade my time for money. You know, the, the physical therapy people call and you feel guilty if you don't take them to the physical therapy because you know you're not doing enough at home. But at the same time, you don't really believe any of it's working. So it's hard to get motivated to do it at home. They just take the braces off. They're not really using the walkers in the house because the house is, you know, it's just not laid out openly enough to really do it. So they, they don't really fuck with it. And then, you know, you get into forcing them to do it and that's weird, you know, it's like, come on. You know, it's like, it's, it all sucks. And I'd rather just spend my day getting, you know, uh, doing, like what I just said, like they want to learn, they're really curious and really, they're bored with their little routine. So push the envelope with computers and videos and making the footage and talking about it and like doing experiments and taping and everything. And like, you know, the work of putting something together to learn the topic ourselves could then become something valuable for others to also learn. And, you know, we're all building these skill sets, right? And I want to do that. But instead, here, we're, here we are, I do this in the mornings, and I go home and I immediately walk into the door, the disruptions come out left and right like crazy, 
And then I start making breakfast for people and feeding people. And now we're going to add this fucking physical therapy thing at 11 o'clock next week. I've been doing it at one here lately, which is even worse. And so I got to be get, get everybody braces on, get dressed, get them in the car, get them to the fucking school for an hour. So you uh, really just sitting there playing with your fucking dick for an hour, waiting for that to turn around and go get them. And now they're hungry again because it's lunch and they're revved up from that distraction. And you know it's hard to like get back into that. Okay, guys, this, uh, what are we going to learn about today? Let's make a video, you know, and, and get get into that. You know, what are we going to learn today, or what do we want to get it? What do we want to do today? Is how I want to phrase it because that sounds a lot more fun. What do we want to do today? And then everything we do turns into something that's uh, breadcrumbs if we need to go back and learn or uh, engage a deeper level of understanding. And um, like even a playground. Like how do they make the plastics? Where are this? Where's the companies that make these things? Where are they headquartered? Uh, what are the comp- competition? What materials are they made up? How do they make the materials? Where are the mills for the wood? Where's the plastic extruders? How do they extrude plastic? How do they make plastic? How do they make it blue plastic? What, what does UV light do to the plastic? You know, all this stuff like that. What's mulch? Where does it come from? What's concrete? Where does it come from? How do they make the paint? How do they make the screws, the hardware, the metal? How do they get to secure the land rights to put a park here? Who runs this park? What's their budget? Is the budget good? Budget bad? Is the budget realistic to put a burden on that on the taxpayer? All that stuff. That's how I want to do every day with my kids. Because they'll be old one day. They'll be driving and go out and work and do their things. Are the twins? I want them walking. They can't be crawling around museums and crawling around, you know, restaurants and stuff. They can't. It, that's not going to work. So, there's that. But I get pulled back in, you know, the distractions mount. And then that's what's been happening. You know, it's been creating some serious, serious mental challenges for me because I'll, I'll sit out like this. I feel really good. And like, yes, let's do it. That's the answer. That's it. That's it. And then the distractions come and then the energy cycle changes and I start feeling tired. And then I start realizing it's not going to happen. And then I start beating myself up about that and being angry at myself about it and lashing out and frustration and, and, you know, outbursts and, you know, getting angry, angry or anger and resentment coming out because I'm not doing my work, not doing the work. That's the main source of it. And yes, I shoot for the moon and set the expectations incredibly high, uh, but I think you should and you need to within reason with yourself um, I am a bit tyrannical with myself I maybe arguably been a little tyrannical with you all the audience on this it's okay you can step back I, I think you do have to be a, a little bit gung-ho to get shit done in this world I think that's just the nature of humans but um, yeah so that's how the days have been going and then, and then next thing you know it's three four or five o'clock and you feel tired in the in the, the sleep cycle, the schedule I'm on, and not having to be in an office has allowed me to start um, 
entertaining naps again. So I, you know, I kind of crave and need a nap or recharge in the afternoon. And I know, okay, here we go. Somebody's going to be like, oh, you fucking pussy. Uh, fuck you, man. Whatever, to each his own. I think it's healthy. And that I need to stay healthy so I can fight this battle for us and fight this badly for my family and fight this battle for humanity. Okay? Got to stay healthy. Got to stay alive. You can't do any of it. And despite its flaws, I publish a lot of it because I, I, if, if I do... If an asteroid comes down and smashes my fucking truck right now and kills me, at least I've left something for my family. Because I certainly don't have any money to leave them. I'm broke. But you, you, you leave them the, the kernels of how to go out and forge and make a life for yourself and work and pivot when you need to and be honest with yourself when you fail. That That's about as good of anything as I can give them anyway. Go out, because it's just paper. Go out and make your own money. You'd probably do better than I did. But you do have to do the work, which is where my mental anguish is coming from lately. I'm not getting the work done. And I'm lashing out and blaming them some because that, you know it is a real distraction. It is a real challenge to keep the ball moving write books and do research and think about YouTube, the YouTube, like the, the physics, for example, or the economics, you know, deep dive something and then process it in such a way, you know, you've kind of learned it and you've got it. You've got, you've got some, some insight, some nourishment out of that. Like to lock that in takes time and it takes focus and it takes doing the work. And that's hard to do when you got somebody going daddy, daddy, daddy all the time or kid comes over, I'm hungry now, or you know, or you start feeling your energy dip and you're you're not on your you're not on your A game now. And then when we get into the evening hours, I want to do the music right now. I, I still want to do that. And I do that often with a beer or two or three. And that creates an energy change too. Like I'm not I've never really I, my energy I start tapering off and I don't see myself uh, writing. I think Christopher Hitchens was a journalist and a writer who's dead now. I think he used to write fucked up all the time. I, I don't do that. You know, I might do some planning or some, you know, some some strategy that way sometimes. Like, I, you know, I used to, you know, would pull up a chair and, and do work slash thinking. Um, over a couple pints. But, you know, you, you're diminishing returns for me. I just have a very... I have a pretty brutal energy curve. But I'm going, you know, that's I kind of like that at the end of the night. I like to make the musical art and think about the songs and practice. Um, here lately, do, doing some lessons and I have beer, so it's not ideal to work and to watch YouTube videos. I do that too, but it's better to do that kind of work, the, the thinking and the horsepower and the heavy lifting in the daytime, in the morning. Not put that on the evening hours. Evening hours, I kind of like to change gears. I like to get the kids' baths and, um, you know, let them play and entertain them, kind of clean up a mess, and then get over to my studio area and then, and then sit there and do my music. And when I'm doing the music, I like to have the beers, so it's just part, kind of part of the routine, and I like that. And then I just go to bed. And, you know, should you have snacks and beers before you go to bed? No, no. I, I'm sure that 
I create problems for myself there that I haven't, that maybe I should take more seriously. But I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing it all to excess and doing it to a point where it's just completely destroying my health. And I, I don't know. I'm sure some vlogger will say, you're in denial. I, I don't know. I actually seemed like it just works. It's a, I wouldn't even say it's a coping mechanism, but maybe it is. I don't know. I know I don't want my kids diving into, you know, any kind of daily chemical changing habit uh, young, because I do think you can get to where it becomes a problem or you, you know, can ruin your life. I just don't think I'm at that point. I feel like it, that if I had to choose between any kind of beer or all any other thing that has to be done, I would always choose the other stuff and never choose the beer. So, uh, you know, whatever. If it, if it becomes a thing, I, I, I'll get rid of it. But my point is, is like the work's got to be done in the daytime so that I can have a little bit more nebulous feel out music and you know, just change pitch, change frequency, change channels at night. It just seems to be what works. And I like it. And I've been doing it for three or four years now. This music, when I started this musical journey, I kind of like doing it that way. It's, it's it, you know, and I feel like I'm always just getting started. That's the exciting thing, too. I just feel like no matter the progress, no matter where I'm at, and the whole music thing did change this year I finally have a, a guy that's playing drums with me we're a two piece and it's finally the guy I want to make music with and we're not perfect I mean he's got issues that you know his, his schedule's terrible his economics are way worse than mine uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't really bitch about it which is cool and we're both pretty extreme people we, you know we gotta to, to maintain discipline and move and create really good music we'll have to have a little bit better discipline going forward but I, it seems like we're all moving that direction um But it's been, it's been, I don't know, it's been its been a thrilling journey so far. And I always feel like I'm just the beginning. Like, I'm, I'm always going to keep pushing. And I'll wrap up what we got. I'll take what we got. You, you gotta—you can't be too tyrannical with yourself. Like, we're I'm, I'm, right now, I'm kind of putting the, the finishing sanding and kind of locking in this first, what I'm calling, set one for 2020. The first thing we, the first product that we can have to play. And then when, when we get this done, kind of done and, and, and dust, you know, dialed in some and where we like it, where we're comfortable with it, we'll show, we'll play it out. We'll, we'll you know, we'll probably, we'll probably schedule us to play out before we're really ready because you just got to jump off sometimes. Like there's a little show on August 22nd that I would like to do. Too bad about you know, the COVID factor in, in the mix, but, you know, August 22 would be a good time to get, to get uh, HP out and um, throw it in the air. And know that it doesn't matter if it's perfect. It doesn't. We're not doing that anyway. I'm trying to maintain that. I want it to have a little bit of that punk DNA in there. I remember I was talking about the mix earlier. I want this to have enough punk rock DNA to not fucking care about being technical death metal. You know, it'll be. It's just enough emotion and mood and groove to be cool, to sound cool. which is a very nebulous concept. It's a very uh, abstract. It's not a concrete concept, but it just it feels right. It feels cool. It feels good. You like it. You don't know why. That's the kind of the mysterious thing that, we're, that I'm going for. And that, notice, that, that doesn't involve being, uh, you know, 
John Petrucci or Neil Peart. You know, it doesn't involve that. That that's that's a different art. And I respect that art, but that's not that's not what this is. HP is it's it's raunchier, it's dirtier, it's it's uh it's organic. It's not perfectly machined. It's kind of like a junkyard wars, if you will. It's not a BMW yet. It's 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 a some it's a hot rod we built in the garage. But it's cool, you know. It's it's cool. It's fun to drive. All right. I feel like I'm going off on the tangents and stuff too much right now. I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, I love you guys. Please support it uh, if you can. Please support it if you can. I think I think the entry level one I put is like three bucks or five bucks, something like that. You know, hook a brother up, man. Let me enable me to do the work. I'll get a you know, a couple hundred subscribers chipping in three or five bucks. You know, then I can not waste so much bandwidth and anger and frustration on going out and sitting in a cube somewhere. You know, I can stay keep the laser on this on economic art, economic art that'll yield a dividend for us. And it's going to happen whether I do it or not. By the way, it's so it is science fiction's predicted it, if you will. It's where we're all going. It's just, do we want to wait for it? Do we want to hope that nothing disastrous happens before our grand, great grandkids do something, or do we want to do it now and do it now? And I think we can do it now without massive revolution and massive blood and massive violence and and, and tyranny and oppression and and, and just sh being shitty and fucking sucking and being miserable and having health problems because of stress. I think we could do it now gracefully by being a nice piece of art. It could be hairy. It could be ugly. It could be flawed and still be cool. And still be relevant. Alright, be good out there. Talk to y'all later.